You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another QB Power Hour. I'm very glad to have you joining us today. Our topic today is niche nuances or niche nuances, depending on where you are located. We're going to be talking about real estate rentals with Gita Faust. We're very glad to have her joining us again. Um, My name is Michelle Long, and making his Power Hour debut, we have little Casey. He's like not too sure about that. He wants to cling on me. This is Casey, our new Bashan puppy. He's only 10 weeks old, so he is being clingy and sitting on my lap today, so I hope he behaves. Dan, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, my name, uh, co-host today, uh, Dan DeLong, owner of Dan With. I worked at yeah. uh, Intuit for about uh, 18 years, uh, also working on the uh, uh, co-host of, of Workshop Wednesdays with uh, schoolbookkeeping.com and uh, the tech editor for QBO for Dummies series of 5th, 6th, and 7th editions. Uh, So, Gita, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to us today? Hi, my name is Gita Faust. You already know me by now. Uh, And I am the founder of Fast Track Consulting. Started my business in 2001 and um, eventually grew uh, as a sole proprietor, sole owner to a business where I'm here with Michelle today. Uh, speaking at a session, uh, been speaker at a QuickBooks conference as well. And uh, since then, I have developed a niche in real estate uh, accounting. We're, we're happy that you that you joined us here today, uh, because when we do some of the look at some of the analytics on, on the QB Power Hour website, the most searched for topic is real estate. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, something that we have uh, been really wanting to have you come on uh, because you know this is this is something that you can share with the with the accounting community uh, about those uh, those nuances. And as a matter of fact, uh, we're going to have you on again because there is so much information <laughs> about real estate. So today we're actually going to be focusing on. Um, the uh, rentals, you know, and setting up rentals and, and working with uh, rental clients in uh, in QuickBooks um, online and desktop. Now, you focus primarily on on desktop, correct? Uh, yes, we also work with QuickBooks online as well. Uh, the only reason we don't go too much heavily uh, with QuickBooks online because of reportings. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so, so a little bit about the, the, the upcoming uh, webinars. Uh, we obviously do this every other Tuesday on uh, noon Eastern. Uh, so coming up, we'll be having Lucio come up again uh, to, to talk about getting your clients to respond to your requests the first time, which is always a, a luxury. Um, and then we'll be continuing our, our QBO Advanced Feature Deep Dive with the reporting enhancements that are in uh, QuickBooks Online Advanced. Uh, Hector will actually be coming on uh, on the webinar, so it'll be like a QB Power Hour reunion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll he'll he'll come in and d- deep dive in a little bit on the the reporting enhancements that are in uh, QBO Advanced, and then declaring your independence. I, I figured we'd have a little uh, catchy thing with uh, 
the Independence Day, uh, close to the Independence Day holiday, declaring your independence from busy work with Zapier. Uh, Heather Satterly will be joining us uh, then, and we'll, we'll talk about how we can increase your proficiencies uh, by, you, by integrating Zapier into your practice. Of course, the links there for the uh, PDFs of all the slides, uh, the recordings, and the podcast as well. So what we're going to talk about today is, I've got some Zoom things in front of my window here, <laughs> um, you know, finding, uh, Gita's going to be kind of leading the, the discussion here about how she started in the real estate uh, niche, niche. <laughs> um, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, how all rentals aren't necessarily all the same and what you should do when you get a new client and what you should do and shouldn't do. And just things to, to kind of simplify your, your workflow. Um, so Gita, go ahead and, uh, well, first we'll start off with a poll. Um, just what version of QuickBooks uh, you're using? Uh, desktop, online, both, or not applicable? And, uh, and, and what did you, uh, what you you're, Gita, you were saying that uh, you, you focus primarily on the desktop because of, of the reporting of the specific reports that uh, that you look at, I mean, we'll get we'll get into a lot of the the nitty gritty here today. But just in general, what what kind of reports uh, or functionality in the reports do you find that uh, you work that work best for you? Uh, mainly is because it's in real estate and rentals. Many clients do have multiple properties under one EIN. That is one QuickBooks file. Uh, the reporting becomes very cumbersome when you drill down into details. Uh, there's one, you know, if you have an estimate or purchase order, you can't compare it with the other vendor or customers, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So that becomes very cumbersome. And then when you are, uh, you can't, when you can collapse columns and rows, uh, it's not as easy to drill down into more details. Uh, we, we tend to use products and services for QuickBooks Online a lot, and that we, we just can't get the reports, you know, and the functionality mm -hmm. and the features, um, the clients would have to use QuickBooks Online advanced rather than use QuickBooks Desktop Pro and still get the most features out of it cost-wise uh, does make a difference when you have multiple Subscriptions with QuickBooks Online versus QuickBooks Desktop, you can use one software for multiple gotcha. files. Gotcha. Do you find that you work mostly, you, you, you host the, the, the QuickBooks file and share that with the clients or do, you, uh, do they work in, uh, in their file and then you, you do it for them? How do, how do you typically work with uh, clients that way? So we have, uh, over the course of years, uh, we have developed uh, so many different types of client services we offer. So for some of them, we just started doing real estate bookkeeping last year, to be honest. It's funny. Uh, and we have grown our real estate bookkeeping business uh, exponentially. But before then, we would either train a client, uh, set up their books, and that would be one kind of service. The other one, one would be is get a client whose books are messed up. Uh, the accountants or the clients themselves cannot make sense out of their numbers. So we would clean up their books, uh, make them understand, teach them, be a CFO as well for them and do their bookkeeping for three months. 
and they were not allowed to touch the books at that time. Ah. And that way we trained their in-house staff also in organizing their paperwork, getting it, you know, being consistent was the key also. Once they did that, we did the bookkeeping for three months and then we trained their staff at the same time and let go and just had a monthly client on mm-hmm. and off. Um, uh, so let's, uh, so sharing the results here. Uh, so it looks like uh, both. So QuickBooks Online and Desktop uh, is the, the main uh, main option that people are, are, are using here today, followed closely by just online only. So if you are online and want to get into, uh, you know, the real estate niche, um, maybe you might want to consider desktop. <laughs> or maybe, QBO maybe. Advanced. Or advanced. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. So let's go ahead and uh, get started here. All right. So how did you get started uh, in the real estate niche? So first of all, Michelle and Dan, thank you for having me uh, sharing whatever I know. And hopefully I can help and guide some some of the attendees in your and, you know, start their own niche or, you know, make their life simpler if they have an existing QuickBooks real estate clients. So as it started, uh, you know, years and years ago, around 2000, um, mm. 1994, I was pregnant. I got into an accident while I was driving and it really disabled me. I could only sit for 15, 30 minutes. So after five years, I could physically sit for a longer period of time. I had to decide whether I want to do sewing, which was my other passion and which still is, or you know, start my own bookkeeping service. I sent out 100 postcards approximately to new businesses, got few clients, and one client challenged me uh, to teach him QuickBooks. And I didn't know I loved challenges. Since then, it just, the challenges just kept on piling up on my lap from my clients, new clients, and I grew. I did get started from uh, Doug's Leaders uh, seminar, which he did in Philadelphia. And I was sitting there and I was putting check marks. You know, I know this, I know this, I can do it, I can do it. I'm like, why am I here? But as not knowing what a business is or consulting service is, I learned a lot from my peers. I remember calling Michelle herself long, long time ago when I started my business. What do I do? You know, and many others are out there whom I had called who are, you know, up there in the industry and guided me. So that's how I started my business. Um, I got two, three bookkeeping clients. I learned I hated bookkeeping. I didn't like hitting that keyboard day in and day out. So I started my consulting business and started training. So one thing left led to another. One of my clients was in real estate. He threatened me if I did not go to attend an association meeting, he would drop me. And as I had a little one at home, I was working part-time. I had to make a decision and once I went to that association meeting, it changed my life forever. Um, so that's how my life started, you know, and I learned more about 
we can go to the next slide about what real estate was and different types of rentals. So you must be wondering, how am I going to cover various types of rentals today? Well, let's start with the most common one, residential rentals by real estate investors, that is by landlords. I'm not going to cover, I am going to cover only residential rentals for real estate investors, not for a property management company, because it is a total different accounting system. There are nuances for different types of rentals, such as commercial, vacation rentals, self-storage, traveling nurses, airport hangars, and the list goes on. So in most cases, the leases for residential rentals are very similar, and it all depends on the agreement between the landlord management company with the tenant. Few common clauses in the lease you should keep an eye on are is reimbursed expenses, right? So the expenses are incurred by the landlord or the management company, and then it is invoiced to the tenant and it all varies and it's all detailed in the lease. Late fees, if the rent is not paid in time, that varies a lot. Term of leases, which may be on a month by month basis, quarterly basis, or an annual basis. But the most important thing is the date of the notice. Now, it all depends on what service you are going to provide to the investor. So how does the date of notice clause work? And it may vary lease by lease. A good example would be if the lease is not renewed signed and sealed by the parties involved, when the lease expires, then the lease is considered to be renewed on a month-to-month -month basis. If that is so, it should be written on the lease. This may be in the landlord's benefit if they do not want the tenant to renew or the investor is looking to sell the property. But at the same time, the landlord does not have the peace of mind they need to rent their unit on an annual basis. So you see how important it is to help the investor keep track of the lease termination date with the notice date in mind. So as a pro service provider, you would have to decide how detailed do you wanna go? The ball is in your court to decide and determine the level of service you want to advise or provide to your client. I started with four valued services with saving time, getting clients organized, providing accurate financials along with property management coaching. So yes, I scored, now what, right? Congratulations, you have signed an agreement and received a deposit from the client. Yes, I'm excited because with each client, there comes a challenge, a nuance, right? So how do you start? You start with Q&A, making the client accountable, keeping them on their toes, drawing the path to success with one client at a time. You know, when you invest money, you have diversified portfolio, investing in bonds, mutual funds, stocks, and so on. But remember, when I said success starts with one client, 
Well, with the real estate investors, they may have multiple revenue streams besides rentals. As you work with them, you learn more about them and their other businesses. They may be doctors, manufacturers, they may sell via retail store or have an e-commerce business. You get my gist, right? And that is the one reason I love real estate. And the key is to communication, right? So if you do not communicate with the client on a constant ongoing basis, you will not know how to transact or record that transaction or even advise them. So when you get started, there are only a few questions you need to ask when you are checking out or you know, getting to know the client. It's very simple questions that you may use for any business. Why did you get started? What was your motivation? Which year did you file your last tax return, right? And that determines how current they are with the books. If they say 2019, remember this is 2020, we just filed last year. Then you, the next question would be, hey, is your numbers accurate for 2020? Are you ready to file your tax returns, All right? So the next question would be, what was the firm number of the tax return you filed? Now, remember, we are talking about rentals. If they say Schedule E, that's a schedule, right? It is not the tax return number. So it could be 1040, 1120, 1120S, or 1065, depending on how they have set up their entities. So that's what you want. The first page of the tax return will have that number. How many EINs do you have? That will determine how many QuickBooks files you will need. Per, me, per my uh, recommendation, each EIN should have its own QuickBooks file. Seven years ago, we stopped taking clients who has one QuickBooks file and more than two EIN numbers. And in some case, we take only clients which have multiple EINs depending on their structure they have set up in the back end. So what types of rentals do they have, right? So you want to know so you can get your mind acclimated to what questions to ask when you start the onboarding process. How many properties did you purchase and sell last year? And what they are planning, what are they budgeting for this year and the next coming years? And how many properties and units do they have? So, so if you get an investor answering ask, the question. Let me ask you, um, Gita. So, the, so really just asking, you know, you, you do a lot of these things uh, up front, uh, mm -hmm. asking these questions and the types of, of things that um, before you even start looking into the books, right? So yeah. you, you'll want to get all this stuff out of the way uh, up front uh, so that you can work with them. And, and those, those answers are going to help you, help guide you to uh, how you're going to be working with them in the future. Right. Right. So this would, if you send me an email, Hey, I'm an investor. I want my books done or you, I need help. 
these are the basic questions you would get in an email before I even sign you up. Gotcha. So okay. these, uh, these things of, uh, here on the slides about uh, getting a client. Now what? Um, you, you, you talk about being nosy, right? Like get in, right. get into their stuff, right? Right. <laughs> Ask for those documentations. And really, you, you said something yesterday when we were talking about sweating the details. Um, because as a, as a trusted advisor, you're going to, um, you're going to be guiding them, you know, through, through this process. And, and, uh, I love the number four bug the, bug the shit out of them. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but right. these last, I mean, these things can really, you know, hold true to, to any niche, but yeah. what in, what in real estate, um, has you found, that um, that that really guides you into the why these why these things are, are best to get out out of the way up front. Right. So once you sign the client up, it's very important to be nosy, right? And sometimes I do say be noisy also at the <laughs> same time, right? Um, because you need to learn the business, right? And the only way you're going to learn that industry, that specific client segmentation and their processes and their procedures, which they have in their back office, is going to help you do your job better, right? So you have to ask because that documentation will tell you where they spend the money, why they receive the money, why they're paying money out, for what property, what is the name of the property, whether it needs to be capitalized or does it need to be expensed? You know, in the sense, is it going to go on profit and loss or is it going to go on a balance sheet? So you need to sweat those details. And being nosy, let me tell you about this one, right? So use an example. When you're reading a document, I'll give you two as a matter of fact. I hope we have time. I'm run, I don't run out of that time. So... One example is when you look at a document, the keywords you're looking for is deposits, retainer, on hold, reserve. They all have different meanings, right? You just don't go and blindly record it or assume what it is. You need to ask them what it is for, ask them the name of the property, unit, tenant, or vendor, and or vendor, I should say, right? So you have to be nosy. You have to ask for those details. Once you get into the habit of doing that, then you're good. Now, the second example would be is when they pay out money for, say, um, somebody came and fixed a window, right? I, I should say somebody worked on a window, not fixed a window. So when they say, well, this guy did window work. Well, what did they do in the window work? Did, did they install a brand new window or did they fix a window? That's what you're going to determine whether it's going to increase the life of the window or is it going to increase the value of the building, right? So that's the decision kind of you guys will have to make. So how do we upsell our services? So when we are working with them, we ask them for W-9 forms from all their vendors, immaterial, if, uh, if it is going to go over $600. Gotcha. 
you also need to ask them for their email address. So when the time comes, you're ready to save time for yourself when you offer that 1099 service in January. Okay. And let's see how we can simplify it for you. And Dan has a question. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll launch this poll question here. What kind of rentals are you interested in working with? Uh, and this is a multiple, uh, multiple purpose. Uh, residential, commercial, maybe vacation, um, or um, if you have anyone that's not in there and you want to, to talk about it, uh, and just put it, it in the chat. Okay, great. And it is, as y'all are doing that Q, the Q, the poll question there, I thought I would ask Gita a question from Linda. Linda, sorry, she wants to know if um, you have a particular dummy chart of accounts or a standard chart of accounts that you use. Like, do you, I, I know you're going to mention this a little bit later, um, but do you set up these properties by customer so you can run the, the P&L by customer or do you use classes or, and I know we've got some of this coming later, but Kind of what's your standard chart of accounts? You're not setting up one for every property. I know that, right? No, so it, no, we are not. No, so remember the questions which I asked before, right? So the tax returns, it starts from there. Check out their tax returns. If they give you Schedule E for rentals, you have your basic chart of accounts for your profit and loss, right? Then you go to look at your depreciation schedules, right? you will get what the basis is, your building, your land, your implements, loan cost, and everything else. So that's where I would start with, right? Because that's a good basic. I can give you a 200 page long chart of accounts that really does not help. So you really need to zone down and discuss what does the client want out of it? Gotcha. You know? Okay. Um, and, and that's good for now because I know you got slides on that coming up. So yep. <laughs> and we are we are halfway through. So I think we need to end the poll and move on. Right, Dan? Yep. Exactly. Right. So here you have uh, seven things you should avoid in, in QuickBooks. So tell us a little bit about uh, these things. You know, like why, why would you not want to do these things inside of QuickBooks when you're dealing with uh, rental property? Okay. So let me look at the slide, what you have. Okay, great. So names on the chart of accounts, right? So this is somebody, you asked a question about standard chart of accounts, right? I'll tell you what not to do. That will help you a little bit um, clean up the chart of existing chart of accounts that you already have, right? So a property name does not go on a chart of accounts, right? So you need to use, um, you need to categorize it as customer, uh, land, building, and so forth. Because you can always use the uh, property name as classes and as we'll discuss in a little bit, a little bit more. So you have a standardized chart of accounts for all properties. And all you have to do is filter by a specific name and it is very streamlined and easy. If you have loans, mortgages, hard money loans, soft money, and so on, you don't want to put those names. You don't want to create loan names and the property name as liability as well. So many people have more than two or three loans on a specific property. If they did that, then the balance sheet is going to be huge. So my rule of thumb is use only uh 
page and a half to two page for your profit and loss and your balance sheet once when you view at it. It's so simple uh, to get those numbers. So talked about property names already. We use the class feature. The only reason we use the class feature is if they go to Home Depot and buy materials, those materials can be that purchase on one receipt could be split between multiple properties. And only the in the using the class feature, you can split those line items that is the purchases between multiple properties under one transaction. Okay. So you would that, use so you'd use properties as classes, not the units in the properties as in classes. Right. Right. Yes. So because uh, the second reason is because when they go to file the tax returns and they want to see what their cash flow is, they're going to see the cash flow by property and not by units. So then would you uh, use the units as a subclass? No, we'll go over that in a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we you have in here the, the bounce check feature, which is a, which is a desktop feature um, being able to recognize the, you know, to actually click on a button and then record it as a bounce check. Why would you not want to use that? So the way we use QuickBooks is we are heavily invested on, if you're using QuickBooks desktop, it's items. QuickBooks online, we use products and services. And each and every transaction has to have a class name. Each and every and that is the only feature in QuickBooks will prompt you if you will not enter a class name, right? right? That's why I am very heavily invested in the class feature, whether online or desktop, okay? So with, uh, with using classes, so that really lumps in why you don't use the five, six, or seven, uh, because those are, those are transactions that don't ask for classes. Right. And when you pull out reports, it's very helpful. Got it. All right. So okay. uh, let's talk a little bit about setting up uh, the Perfect. books in, in, uh, in QuickBooks. So how do you, what's your best practice uh, to do that? Of course, we start with properties, right? We get a client and then we start with properties <laughs> that they own. So we use classes, like I mentioned earlier, and we also use customers and jobs. Now in QuickBooks desktop, we always create properties as customer and jobs, right? In QuickBooks online, it's uh, iffy. It depends on how many units you have and how many tenants you have, right? Because the screen, when you look at QuickBooks online screen and you look, you can't just visually identify them. It's just too cumbersome for some reason for me, you know. So sometimes we just skip that first layer of properties in QuickBooks online as customer and jobs. We do not use projects because it's really not necessary uh, for that additional feature. The other thing is we don't use projects for rentals is because most of the apps, if you integrate any, they don't uh, sync in with projects. Uh, units, like I mentioned earlier, you want your cash flow on property basis. 
you want um, going to file your tax returns on property basis, not unit base. So customer and jobs, you want units. The reason is depending on the lease agreement and the term of the lease, you may have one tenant today and tomorrow you may have another tenant. So you want to know also which uh, unit uh, bought in, how much money was received and what money was spent. So when we record the expenses, we also record the unit number. Why did we incur the expense? Because of the unit as a whole, the property as a whole, or was it because of a specific tenant? Now you so, have um, customer jobs here three times. <laughs> once under properties, once under units, and once so, under tenants. Okay. Is there a hierarchy? Yeah, sorry. You know, it's properties, units, and then tenants. Sub. I forgot to put in sub. Gotcha. Sorry. So you so you you create the property as a, as a parent, right? And then the unit as a sub customer or the job mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. of the of the property, and then right. the tenant would yep. be the uh, sub customer or or job of the job. Yeah. If you can if change it, desktop run. <laughs> yeah. If we can change that, then that would be great. <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that because I, I mean, if we do the tenants before the unit, then you, but your your recommended is the the property, then the sub sub is the unit, yep. and then the sub uh, sub of that is the tenant. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And then and then what else do you do with uh, custom fields? Ooh boy, yeah, custom fields is great. I love it. So remember, we talked about the uh, term of the lease and date of notice and everything, right? Mm -hmm. So in QuickBooks Desktop, all features have that. Now, QuickBooks Enterprise has more fields, right? So we use that for commercial properties a lot. QuickBooks Online, you would need to use the QuickBooks uh, Online Advanced feature to use the custom fields where you can track all the lease dates as well and your late fees uh, if there is any because sometimes it varies by property by property or tenant by tenant depending on the situation um, and the customer jobs we use again like i mentioned earlier um, to track each and every expense why it was incurred right was it because of a tenant uh, or because it was a, as a unit as a whole or a property as a whole okay Tags, you know, there are many of them love to use tags, but we don't use them. That's just an extra layer for us. It's sufficient for us to pull out whatever we need by using the class feature and the item products and services feature right now. And custom. So one of the things, you know, one of the things about tags is that you can only tag the entire transaction. So you really can't split. So if you have to your point of, of before, Mm -hmm. You have a Home Depot receipt that should be amongst different uh, different units or different tenants. Yeah. Uh, then you you can't really uh, split that if you're right. using if you're using tags. Right. But it's it's a good call out, you know, yeah, just right. in case, you know, because you know, like you said before, not every rental property is the same, right? right? So they may not they may not need that, um, and, and there was they might one be more able thing. to use it. Yeah. And there was one more thing that I want to mention why we use the class feature. When you pull up a profit and loss by class or a balance sheet by class, you will get 
a column way on the end for unspecified one or unclassified one, okay? If you use jobs only, not class feature, you don't have that option when you look at profit and loss by job or balance sheet by job. So you want your process to be 100% accurate as well. Yeah, and then we have this 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 guy here. This is a monster. Uh, what about overhead? You know that doesn't necessarily um, relate to a specific uh, unit or a, a specific um, property. Right, and that's when the investors get into trouble when they are <laughs> trying to buy a property because they do not take into account expenses that are not related to properties right? What we recommend our clients is end of every month, we take the number dollar amount of expenses that are not related to a property and split it across all properties. Now, there are many ways to do that. You can split it by the basis of the property, split it by the rent, uh, rent roll amount, or split it evenly across all the properties and, and enter a contra entry in there, a zero check, as we used to call it. I don't know what they call it now. <laughs> um, we still have zero dollar checks or transactions. Uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Good. I'm, I'm in the zone right now. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm with the game. Um, so that's what you do. So then they will know what their cash flow is for each property. Okay. So do you That's, put that in as a uh, like a memorized transaction then, and then, or and then change the dollar amounts, or what's what's your best practice uh, so for doing that? There are multiple ways. You know, you can do that, but sometimes it just gets so crazy because you have those little expenses in there, like web hosting. You know, two dollars per property. That's crazy. <laughs> so we just create a general account reallocating allocated expenses across and put a one line item and uh, just split it. That, that makes, that makes sense to focus on the high dollar items and not all the little ones and stuff. Exactly. And then we put, uh, add it as a other expense way on the bottom. We don't put it along with the property expenses. Gotcha. Now, one of the things we want to talk about is apps because um, when we were talking yesterday, um, you actually created some apps for yourself because you you realized there's just things that are that property management or um, you know rental properties they need to do but the solution wasn't out there so you took it upon yourself to create your own solution which I think was phenomenal um, because of you know you basically became your own solution which is rather than waiting for something to come along you decided to you know take the bull by the horns and create your own app. So talk a little bit about the, the apps that, that you use in, in this type of uh, niche. Right. So we do so much more than just consulting, right? We do custom development for softwares and we do conversions as well. So what we use currently with our clients, and I'm going to be honest, it's, we have simplified it like stupid simple, you know, keep it simple, you know, KISS method. Yep. method? Yep. Yeah. So we use QuickBooks to share the QuickBooks data file uh, with our clients. 
we always give full control to the client of their QuickBooks file, even though if we are doing their bookkeeping, they're not allowed to enter any transactions. If they do, we charge them $100 per transactions. And I've collected five, $6,000 by now, you know, for the first three months. When you get a new client, you really add up that amount. You give them three times notice, but after that, you charge them. Document management, right? I'm not talking about connecting your bank accounts with HubDoc. I'm talking about document management. If they dump all the documents into HubDoc, all you have to do is record it from there into QuickBooks Online or QuickBooks Desktop and archive that document. That way you know you have taken care of it. Now here's the little tip we have. We have four or five tags. I'm gonna talk about only about two tags right now in HubDoc. You create a tag with question for question and one for answer. So when you receive a document, you don't have all the information, you do not enter it in QuickBooks till you get the answer. So you tag that document as question and you have a notes button in HubDoc, you put add a note and you save it. When the client goes in HubDoc, and you've already uh, established that you're nosy uh, before you even started <laughs> started with the customer. So that they, this is like news, not news to them, you know, like why you would be asking these questions. So, right. so let me ask you a question. So a lot of times there's multiple questions. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes what I have done is to mm -hmm. set up an account, you know, ask my client or a suspense account and go ahead and get the transactions posted and then have that conversation with the client and fix mm -hmm. it and classify it the way it needs to. Do you see that as an alternative or nope. do you like your method of doing the questions? I like my method because okay. you want them to be accountable, not you. You're already accountable. Um, if gotcha. you're good at it, uh, don't worry. You know, I'm, I didn't become an expert and I'm still, I make mistakes. I tell my clients, Hey, we are all human beings. We still make mistakes right? Yes, the communication is the key. Like I said, from the very beginning, I said, if you don't tell me what mistakes I'm doing or our team is making, then we are not going to work together, right? Successfully. So uh, you need to be nosy. You do not enter the transaction if you don't have it because the ball goes on in their court, right? And for few of our clients, we have also, if they don't reply to us within 10, 15 days, we charge them $50 more for every week, right? So, you know, you charge them once or twice and you write it off, it doesn't matter. But it's just, it opens their eyes. Oh my God, my overhead is increasing, right? So it's making them accountable. So once they answer the question in HubDoc, they will remove the tag for question and use the, add the tag for answer or answered, right? And they'll put their notes in the notes section in there. So you have all the information so you know what is pending and what is not pending and what's going on. Okay, um, good, good call out. Now the, uh, the tenant rent payment portal, you have bill and pay, there's a QuickBooks bill and pay service that you're, that you're talking about. And uh, I've seen it where you can actually uh, use QuickBooks payments with that service, but you do this because this allows them to to log in and see their their rent history uh, on on their side. Something you can't do with uh, with the QuickBooks payments, right? 
Right. You said you described it very well, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> and um, trying to help. <laughs> uh, and QuickBooks Online charges one percent or ten dollars. That's way too high. I think, uh, you know, for a landlord. And you described it very well, Dan. So I don't need to explain it any further. We'll just go to the next right. slide. <laughs> we'll move on to the. So there's a there's specific property management apps mm -hmm. that that you've come across. So talk a little bit about these. Right. So I'm not going to go into detail, but these uh, the first two Buildium and Appfolio we help our clients a lot with setting them up initially, but once they get set up, we they hire team members to run their management side of the business, right? So we are just there to guide them. We do not integrate this apps with QuickBooks. We manually add the numbers as a summary. Um, and you, you were saying yesterday that you know QuickBooks Online or QuickBooks, you can actually do it as a property management software, but when it gets a little larger, you know, then you want to look into uh, some of these these apps. What do these do that QuickBooks doesn't do or doesn't allow you to do? Right. So we use QuickBooks as a property management software and a financial management software. All right. You can use them. But when it comes to property management, they need lots of bells and whistles to manage the tenant and their business. So work orders, uh, online portal for work orders, getting um, the tenant screened, uh, advertising their properties and things like that. So it has nothing to do with accounting except for managing the tenants and the properties. So that's why it's very easy for them to use a property management software rather than QuickBooks for property management. Now we do have clients which have thousands and thousands of properties and they use QuickBooks Enterprise to manage their properties, right? And they have a different system only for work orders. They did not want to integrate both of them. They don't want some of the team members to see anything. So it all depends on what your clients need. You want to go in there and help them streamline and simplify their business and that's where you will shine as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good call out. I mean, QuickBooks is not going to list on apartments.com right. when there's a, when there's a vacancy. So that's what these apps will, will help them do. Um, so some of these things, uh, let's talk about these apps a little bit. These are, these are some of these uh, you developed, right? Right. So how we manage our client ex currently is we used to use Ring Central, where it's called the Glip. Uh, they had a little small app and they changed things around. So we can, that we used it for 10, 15 years. And all of a sudden uh, this year we switched to ClickUp. We use it as a simple task management software. We are not going too fancy with it because I'm not hundred percent sure it's as efficient as I wanted, but it does the work for us. So we use ClickUp any questions we have that is not in HubDoc, we will put it in ClickUp and create a task for it. So the client answers. So each question is a task, you know. Uh, so you have, like I said, you have to be noisy. You have to be nosy and ask questions as you go. And that's what creates a task. And we use ClickUp for that. 
So oh, that's, that's your main, that's your main communication method between yeah. your, your, you and your client. So yeah. That's awesome. So we do not have any emails coming back and forth unless it's a billing, what we build them and we have not done a work. We have not done the work or they have something that we should be doing differently or more and they don't get a response from ClickUp, then they'll send me an email, right? Otherwise there's no email communication at all. Um, we have developed O-Money and HammerZen. O-Money we developed is uh, a month and closing software. If you, uh, what happens with investors, they also have a separate company who does the property management for their own properties. So they may have an entity built in for property management and they manage it all by themselves. So our app goes and creates the management fees, creates the owner's checks and reports and posts it to QuickBooks automatically. So it, this client has 500 properties right now and a property management company. They used to do, uh, they used to spend two days in closing, month end closing. Now it takes them only two hours to finish the closing. So is that is that like uh, the uh, I'm, I'm trying to sound smart. Uh, is that the series LLC? Uh, is that is that or is that something completely different? Uh, that's when, completely when different. About the old? Yeah. Okay. That's completely different, and it all depends on how their entities are set up. So, property wow. management companies also use or money. It works with only QuickBooks Desktop because that's it. it has all that flexibility that we needed in desktop. HammerZen okay. is another one we build because of our clients. We can do job costing. We can use products and services. We can use items. We can use class feature. And we can reduce 90% of the data entry time by importing Home Depot purchases using HammerZen. Um, and it is wonderful. Got it. So let me go ahead and launch our, our third poll question. How comfortable are you using our rentals? Never did it before. I know enough to be dangerous or I'm a pro. <laughs> um, so we had a few questions. Michelle, did you, uh, I, I saw Jonathan Bellow was just rapid fire. <laughs> I, I know, why. yes. I, I was trying to answer some of them. Um, so as a review, because this one I think is kind of important, did Gita say she sets up properties as customers? Can you give us a quick review on what you recommend for setting up the properties? Because as Dan said, you had customers on all three levels there. Yeah, we'll just have to change that slide. So the higher <laughs> level, <laughs> sorry, um, the higher archy is properties. The units become the job of the property. The tenants become the job of the unit. So it's property, units, and tenants. Okay, so you have the subs. So, and just as a reminder to people, and I don't remember what the detail was in desktop, but in QBO, you can go five level deep, five levels mm -hmm. deep. So if the property is the first parent, you could then have four, you know, five levels deep. So that would work if you didn't have a property like an apartment building where you had a whole bunch of them. Well, I guess it would because then you would have the apartment building would be the main parent and then you might have, 
unit one, unit two, unit three, and then under unit one, you would have a sub, which is the tenants of unit one. And you know, the great thing is y'all can use the sample company, um, the test drive that we have to log in and test these things out, set it up different ways, run reports, see if you're getting what you want. And um, Gita also has a slide. Somebody asked this question if, I think it was Kathy said, does Gita still have a book? on these things mm -hmm. that we can do. And there is a slide. Yes, Gita has uh, amazing yeah. resources. <laughs> it's like it's the next slide available. <laughs> well, that that's one. That's one great one. But then I'm thinking specifically of her, her property management and real estate books um, that help you with the details of setting it all up in QuickBooks. Because we only have an hour here. We can't get into all the nitty gritty details that Gita has gotten into in those books that she has. Gita, do you want to say something about those? Yeah, so we have the uh, courses for online and desktop versions. Um, it includes chart-off accounts, step-by-step -step instructions, and it's real uh, intuitive. And it takes you from being a novice to an advance. It doesn't tell you, you know, we have different levels, but it doesn't tell you we have implemented, we use the same instructions for our team members and our clients as well. So it's all included in there. And with the desktop version, we give you a template file, which has the chart of accounts and everything set up in there, along with hundreds of memorized reports that you need for that specific industry, right? In QuickBooks Online, we cannot duplicate or copy over the reports. So you don't have that with QuickBooks Online. We have template files for QuickBooks Desktop. We do show you in the QuickBooks Online video courses on how to customize your own reports as you want. And one thing I forgot to mention was rent rolls. As in QuickBooks Desktop version, we show you how to create a rent roll and we have customized that report. But in QuickBooks Online, you cannot create that rent, ro rent roll report. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. <laughs> exactly. But here's the thing where everybody messes up is we all go and look on YouTube for answers and forums and all. You know, take an advice from one person and follow it through and stick with them to get your answers because then they will be able to give you a full solution rather than just a part of the solution. Does that make sense? It does because a lot of people do things different ways. And like you explained at the beginning, Gita, there's a lot of different rentals out there and there's a lot mm -hmm. of different rental properties and an apartment building is different than just one house that somebody is renting out. You know, apartment building has all these multiple units within it. So it's much more complex than right. just one house that you're renting out. So the way one person does it might work for the one house, but that might not work for, with an apartment building with a hundred units in it. And so, so, you know, that's where, as you mentioned at the beginning, Gita, that these rental properties aren't all the same and the setup right. should not all be the same and cannot be all the, all the same. So it right. is much more complex than I think people realize when they just think about rental real estate, you know, right. there's much more involved as you've alluded to throughout this hour today. There is, it is more involved. Definitely, definitely. And we're going to leave this up here so that Gita can get flooded with email because <laughs> a lot of the follow-up questions, I mean, would definitely be good 
to, to, to follow up with Gita. You know, there were some other ones about how to, how to do the $0 check, what accounts that you used. Um, those would be uh, great questions to, to, to follow up with directly with Gita. Uh, of course, you can go with, uh, go to her website and uh, we'll put, we'll repost the, um, the today's webinar on the QB Power Hour uh, website with links to these uh, these things as well. Being able to download the the um, uh, the handouts here that have all the links to the Hammers In and the different apps that that she utilizes uh, throughout this process. And you know, we're really just kind of flooded. <laughs> uh, you know, I, when 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 Gita was originally talking to us, um, she was saying, "I can only do one thing." Right, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and we 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 picked the the topic of rentals uh, for this, and, and we're we're going to have her come back uh, in August, and she's going to talk about flips um, because we'll have the same uh, same kind of uh, higher high high level, but still a little deep dive into uh, into that particular nuance because there are some nuances with that that don't apply to uh, to rentals. So we really want to kind of segregate or separate those two things uh for for this uh for this series so um i'm sorry gita you're just gonna get uh, flooded with <laughs> with oh. emails now that the longer that i'm leaving this slide up <laughs> that's okay um, that's i do okay i do have another question for you here and these were from yeah. jonathan okay so you talked about the different eins that the that you can have um and so he was asking Oh, if you have a separate file for each EIN, what are you using for your consolidated financials? You're not using a class for each EIN, are you? You're using a different company for each EIN. Can you go over that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, you talked about apartments, right? So if one EIN has one apartment, then you don't need the property uh hierarchy as customer and jobs. You can have the building numbers if you have multiple building numbers. Does that make sense? Or you can eliminate the property name as a customer, right? Or you can in turn uh, make the unit number as a class. Does that make sense? So it depends on how many properties you have in one QuickBooks file. That's how you can manipulate the customer jobs and classes. Uh, now consolidating the reports is we use Phantom and there's another one out there also I have to check what it is. Kivinci. Uh, Kivinci. Yes. Kivinci yeah. yeah. is, mm -hmm. is a very good reporting app for creating consolidated financials. Even right. if like some of the clients, so let's say some of the companies are on QuickBooks desktop, some of the companies are in QuickBooks online, it mm -hmm. still can create consolidated financials from those. It's a great right. reporting app for that. So Kivinci, Q-V-I-N-I-C-I. Right. And he had another question about classes, right? So that's right. So most of those cash flow apps and reporting apps do not segment it by class or products and services. That's a little uh, thing that does not work as good. We are looking into developing. We uh, One of our clients have requested more reports and doing that. I don't know how far we're gonna get there, uh, but we are looking to bring the reports by class eventually and get advanced reporting for cash flowing as well. So while you're, um... While you're wrapping up that, uh, I did launch the last poll. 
know, after seeing this webinar, what's your next step? You did scare a few people away. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> that I'm never one of the options. I'm never going to take on a rental client, but at least, you know, right. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the great part of, of these, these, this series that we're doing here for the QB power hour is that, you know, as you're shopping for a niche, you know, there are things that you might run screaming from, and this might be, you know, you wouldn't want to take on a rental client and then realize, oh, there's a lot of things that I don't know about, uh, about this that I, I shouldn't really get into. Like when we had uh, Megan come on about uh, nonprofits, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, to get some practice with, uh, with, with QuickBooks, just become, just volunteer for a nonprofit. No, no, you could really <laughs> mess up, <laughs> mess up their financials. So, uh, so know, this is a great warning some for some folks. <laughs> but you know what? Let me take a, another stab at what you were saying, Dan, right? Um, when I started my business, I called people uh, like in 95. Uh, no, sorry, 2000. I called all these people who are higher up and in the leader industry in the QuickBooks arena at that point. And they would call me midnight my time because they were in central zone and they would talk to me for two, three hours at a time. And that's how I got started. So if you want to learn, you need to learn from somebody who is a nonprofit, who is a guru right now in nonprofit, if you want to get into nonprofit, right? right. And don't hesitate to go into a niche, take on a niche that you don't know nothing about. You just right. have to learn. The first client, you may never make money, right? Which I did not. The first QuickBooks client I taught, I charged $100 for 20 hours in training. Oh, that wow. was in 2000. What did, what did I know about pricing? What did I know about right. training? I didn't well, know I loved it. You know, Gita, that, that makes me think, too, a good way for people to learn about these different niches or niches um, and to learn from others is by attending conferences. Like we have Scaling New Heights coming up this fall, and a lot of times they will have breakout sessions on real estate or on construction or on um, restaurants or whatever. And those are great opportunities for you to go um, to learn some of this specialized information. Um, so you know, that's something to think about. Hopefully we'll see some of you there. Yeah. And, yes. I, and I don't want, I don't mean to say that you scared everyone away, just a few people, <laughs> uh, but actually 46% uh, actually said, I think I have what I need to move forward on my own. I mean, oh, that, that, so that tells a, a lot to what you, what you delivered here today. Um, we are a few minutes over. Um, do we have any questions um, that we, that you want to, uh, Michelle, you've been kind of monitoring the the, the Q and A. Is there any other uh, questions that we need to there's uh, quite discuss? A, there's quite a few, but I think I would love to see everybody continue the discussion in the Facebook group because there are some people on here that are already doing some property management and working with properties. And Gita, huh. you can join in those conversations um, because there's several of them that we could spend another half an hour at least going right. through all these questions. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Gita. So it's a lot of great information. A lot of people are wanting to learn more. So we appreciate you for sharing what you have. Um, and I'll just remind people, we did a previous webinar with Gita as well. So you can check that out and we'll be doing another one um, upcoming in the future. So just pay attention and um, check those out in the archives as well. All right. So thanks again for joining us today, Gita. Uh, you, uh, such a cornucopia of... <laughs> 
<laughs> of information uh, about about your your niche and, and uh, as as you had said, you just love to share. Um, and, yes, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if, if people need to tap into Gita, uh, they can go to your website, uh, fasttrackconsulting.com. Is that right? That right? Yes, it is. Yes. Fasttrackconsulting.com. Two T's, two C's. And thank you, Dan and Michelle. Reach out to me, anybody. That's how I got started by, you know, others sharing with me. And I would like to do the same. Great. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. We'll see you next time on the Power Hour. Yep. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.